Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation changes? When you work with Edward Jones, they focus on what's important to you. You'll work together and use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And they'll partner with you to help your strategy stay on track. Visit edwardjones.com or stop by the office of Todd Nash in Coralville, Jeff Rudolph, or Scott McGill in Iowa City, or or Travis Whitmore in North Liberty. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. Joining us now is Pat Hardy from hawkfanatic.com. Yeah. Hello, Pat. Good morning. Happy Monday. It is a happy Monday because I've got uh, uh, our uh, phone, uh, our phone <laughs> agitator, uh, Justin. I've got his phone number. Uh, I've got his. You only had name. one agitator, though? It's the same guy over and over? Same guy. Has it ever done it during Hawk Fanatic? Uh, yes, and I've hung up on him. Ama- and what's his first name? Justin. Think about that. Uh, <laughs> if it continues to happen again, if he calls again, you, uh, Justin, I know you're listening. Your number will be on every uh, miserable message board that there is, including 4chan. What about Cakerts? Okay. Yes. God. That is, yeah. What would you rather be on? Worse than death. On on Cakers or Fortune? (laughs) (laughs) So, anyway, yeah, it'll be out there, your phone number. You'll be getting calls all hours of the day and night. Believe me. Did you see the, did you guys ever watch any of that Q stuff? That documentary? No. I did. Um, yeah, the, the Frederick Brennan and the yeah. Watkins. Yeah. What do you think of all of them, Captain? They're just, you know. Weirdos. Yeah, weirdos, uh, sociopaths. Now, the guy who's handicapped, feel bad for him. I mean, yeah, he was born he's, with a... T- and he's still he's, sociopathic. But at least he somewhat saw reality at the end. But it was, it's, it's, it was yeah. just... Uh, I kept watching. I'm like, is this really real? I mean, this stuff is... And, I mean, it, it's, it's so bizarre... That you, you shake your head and go, why would anybody re- believe even, that? Yeah, believe it. Yeah, because it's filling some type of so gap or something. I guess. I guess that's the only way I can explain yeah. it. Hello, Steve. Yeah. Could you put it on Chubby Asians or us? I'm lonely. Yeah. You think you're, you think you're funny, don't you? No, is this? A, I'm very serious. Yeah, I'm very serious. Is this the same guy? Yeah, yeah. I know you are. You're yeah, grumpy old yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, I know. This is the Justin yeah. guy. Yeah. All right, come on, dude. Let us do our show. Just yeah. we've yeah. got some down and dirty sports to break. You got down. something else you have to be <laughs> able to do besides just bother us. I didn't, one would think. Did he hang up? He doesn't. No, he's still he's still on the line. <laughs> I just potted him down. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, God, I couldn't imagine the waiting around for to sit around and bother a radio station. That's, yeah. Think about that. Yeah, that's 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 not a life. <laughs> that's for sure. Well, it's a life. It's just <laughs> it's just, a poor. It's a piss poor life. <laughs> so, but um, um, Iowa softball doubleheader sweep yesterday. They're they did set a record for conference wins. Now it's a little it does 
kind of have an asterisk by because all they're doing is playing conference games this year, so it's right. a little different. But still, they're twenty three and seventeen. They got a four game series left, with, I believe Illinois. Illinois, yes. I mean, if they got a chance, I mean, God, to think if they could win three out of three or four, or even sweep that thing. I'm not. I don't know what it means for postseason, but wow, what a major step forward this has been for softball. Oh yeah, they're six games over 500. They yep. they will definitely finish this, the regular season at, fi- at over series, 500. That series at Wisconsin though, was the killer. You look back yeah. at the season. I think they lost three out of four there, and I did not see that coming. But I mean, what a major step forward though, and that's um, that's good news. Baseball wins two out of three against Penn State. I don't know if you guys saw Penn State did win the third game. With a tag the last home. play. <laughs> Did you see the way the Penn State players are acted afterwards? Did you no, see the video? No, I didn't see the well, video. There's video up on Twitter. They, the catcher slams the ball down and then turns and says something, and then p- p- players come off the Penn State bench. One guy picks up the baseball. One of the guys from the Penn State bench, he picks up the ball and flicks it at the Iowa players, and then they have to be. It was just I could really. I, so I, I just, just oh, it was. It, I'm not exaggerating. I'm you know I'm not. It's not like I'm almost just a Hawkeye home or something. I mean, Penn State handled, and I tweeted. I mean, for that's a lot of huffing and puffing for a team that lost the series, <laughs> and they're like seven, eight, nine games below 500. Yeah, and it was just. I just the way they handled that win was just bad. It yeah. was just not a good look. Uh, somebody wants to go back to softball. Hello. Hey, Pat, back to softball. Uh-huh. The two announcers, I was watching the Michigan-Minnesota game yesterday, and they kept just talking about four teams getting into postseason play. That's probably about what it will, I'm sure it'll be four at the most. Yeah, I don't think Iowa's going to get into the NCAA tournament. That's, I mean, that's, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen, but I don't want to sit here and just, cause I don't, I'm hardly a softball postseason expert. So, but if they sweep, they're what, they would be 27 and 17? Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's going to be enough to get them in. I mean, especially if they only take four teams. And Michigan, Minnesota, they're, they're locks. Northwestern is probably – I mean, where is Iowa in the standings right now? Sixth? Yes, as of yesterday, but now they're probably fifth. I mean, And then the fourth one, I think, was Illinois. Yeah, so, I mean, there's an outside chance, but I, don't, I think at worst they're going to have to win three and probably sweep Illinois to have a chance. And that's just me without hardly any softball mm-hmm. knowledge saying I'm just speculating. I mean, so we'll see. But even if they don't get in, it's been a major step forward for softball. And that's what they brought Renee in to do. I mean, yeah. they gave the previous head coach eight years, and it just never happened. It just it just is amazing how quickly it fell apart after Gale left. Just shows you, though, what a coach, can, what a coach means. You make the wrong hire, and boom, you can be in trouble. Well, after seven, six, seven years of not being very good, I'm sure the attitude wasn't the greatest in the in the uh, in the clubhouse. But you know, you get a new coach and a new attitude, and like we're going to recruit Iowa players to play for Iowa, and and we're going to be aggressive about it. And she's she's great. Uh, we you know we've had her on the air a couple mm-hmm. times, and she's I can see where she could inspire t- uh, the team to play well. And it all comes down to who you recruit, too. Absolutely. And, I mean, with Denali Locker and Riley Klosterman, two freshmen, one from here at Liberty High, that's a really good young base to build around. They've got good veteran players like Allison Ducey. I mean, Sarah Lehman from Regina pitched five innings yesterday. So, I mean, yeah, there's a good local flavor with this team, and then they've got a strong Midwestern base. I think Locker's from, like, Ogden, Iowa. That's what Renee said she wanted to do. She wanted to kind of put a – border around the state of Iowa and try to keep the best. There's good softball players here in Iowa. Oh, yeah. I mean, one of the greatest pitchers in Minnesota history, Minnesota Gopher, is a uh, Amber Pfizer, I believe was her name. She's a pitcher from here in Iowa. There's really good softball here in Iowa. So you keep most of those players home, you're going to be good. And 
but yeah, no, this has just been a wild spring. I mean, this, the track team did 10 personal best up at, I believe they were up at Madison for a, yeah. for a, a meet. I mean, they just keep getting better and are just, I think, I mean, they're the team to beat outdoors here for the Big Ten. They just won the in, Big Ten indoor title. So, I mean, there's just a lot of fun stuff going on. Yeah, they're playing uh, the Big Ten Outdoor Championships in Champaign this weekend starting Friday. Yeah, so. and <clears throat> playing or running or competing? Competing, I competing. guess. <laughs> there's no and I was the favorite to win the men, and the women, I would be surprised if they finished below fourth. I mean, both – both programs are doing really well under Joey Woody, and yeah, we've had Joey on. It's, it's not a mystery now. It's kind of the expectation. I mean, if the, if let's say the men don't finish in the top two, that will be a major disappointment. Think about that. Yeah. Think about how far they've come for me to be able to say, well, if they don't at least win it or finish in first or second, that that's the standard they've set now. So we shall see. But yeah, this is kind of this is the beginning of the end of the calendar sports year. I mean, track and baseball are usually the two. It's are usually the last events, right. and then you have the two or three months off. So, it, I mean, it's been quite a year looking back at the sports calendar year. I mean, it started with the COVID and late football, and I mean, and they've done a lot since October. That's when football started. And, um, <clears throat> About eight months. Field hockey <clears throat> lost to North Carolina. And they Friday, beat Michigan. But they beat Michigan. Yep, four to three. Yeah. And it looks like Michigan was the best team in the Big Ten, followed by Iowa. Mm-hmm. That's what it looks like. Um, but that's, I mean, field hockey, that's another one. That's another one that's just made incredible improvement under really tough circumstances. So, like I said, a lot of this credit has to go to Gary Barta, whether some people want to admit it or not. He's made some really good coaching hires. Some and people don't want to admit it. They just won't. And, well, and they'll say, well, we have reason why you don't. And then they'll yeah. list all the things he's done wrong. Yeah. And you can't erase that stuff. It's there. Yeah. It's part of it. That's why I referred to him as polarizing in the column I wrote. There's two definite sides. And then when I injected my opinion, said, you know, if you, I still think the good still outweighs the bad with Gary. And that's why I've never said he should be fired. I mean, I didn't see enough bad stuff in the grease bomb Meyer stuff just be other than just carelessness and just kind of they just they just didn't document things right they, they left it, themselves vulnerable and paid for it and if that behavior had continued yeah definitely he would uh, be okay. yeah now i don't be, think they're i think they're I doing think they, things different and i also like i said i do think there was a lot of motivation within the athletic department they were happy that gary got rid of certain people and mm-hmm. they were on gary's side it didn't matter to the jury, but it still, I think it matters to morale over at Iowa. Uh, Southern Justin, it's not you. God damn, I got to explain that. <laughs> Are we in the battle of the Justins? Yeah, there's other people. Justin Roberts' feelings are hurt yeah, now. There's other people <laughs> named Justin. It is not. Justin Timberlake. No, yeah, he's, Justin Timberlake. He's got to be hurt. It's not you. <clears throat> <laughs> so the reason you're not answering now is because that guy you think he's calling again? No, I don't care. I'll just hang up. Yeah. So was Southern Justin texting you? Yeah, messaged me on This Facebook. could be Karn. Take this call. I'm taking the calls. I'm taking the well, I just keep hearing a phone ringing and ringing and ringing. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Oh, there you go. A friendly voice. I, I was wondering, why why did the baseball team have a different idea on the weather than the softball team? That's a really good question. I, like we're I couldn't have... figure out why they decided to play a doubleheader on Saturday instead of waiting until Sunday to play that third game. And usually, usually the softball team is a doubleheader on Saturday, and they only played one game, and yesterday was perfectly fine. And it worked out so fine I for all of them. I understand so, yeah. what the... I don't Where know. they got their weather idea from? <laughs> no idea. Good question. 
But uh, like we said, uh, you know, the softball team won three of four. The baseball team won two of three. So uh, it worked. It, uh, it all worked out. And also another question is, why is there a half an hour between a double hitter and softball when you got those guys out there dragging the field and putting all the white lines in, and there's 45 minutes between baseball and they don't do anything but change the bases? Yeah, I didn't see why. I noticed they did take a long time. 45 minutes is just too long. I don't. But they, get... t- they took forever, and they could have had a couple of innings in. Well, we'll ask we Rick. We had to sit through some of that rain stuff. We'll ask Rick on Wednesday. He's going to be on at nine o'clock. Oh, Rick Hiller. Um, I'll, well, no, I'll ask him that. That's a good question. I think 20 minutes is enough time in between games. Yeah, I just, especially if you don't do anything with the with the field. Well, there's nothing to do at Iowa. It's all there's yeah, no it's, really. Yeah. So you just yeah, no, the I. Bases and that's it. I thought that was a long time in between. 45 minutes is a little long, but no, I'll see what Rick says. And don't they? Okay, okay. Right, the athletes probably kind of cool down, and that's not. They probably don't like that. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't. <clears throat> Forty-five minutes in between games. There's got to be a specific reason. I don't know if it's something Big Ten regulated, but I'm sure Rick will be able to tell us. But yeah, I forgot to mention. Yeah, we will have Rick on. I tried good. to get him on today, but he's out of town. Yeah, tried to get some softball players on, but they're in finals week, so we're right. not going to get any athletes. Basically, athletes, and I get that. I'm not. Basically, athletes are off limits this week. Yeah. So, but um. But, um, yeah, that is a long time, and I think half an hour is too long. 20 minutes, to me, should be enough between a doubleheader for softball or baseball. And it's been so long since we've had true doubleheaders in Major League Baseball. Most of them are day-night. Mm-hmm. Um, what did they used to do? Was it 20, 30 I, minutes? I always thought 40? it was 20 minutes in baseball. Yeah. Probably 20 or a half an hour, but yeah. 45? I don't, I don't get 45. That, but I do remember looking on Twitter, because I was not over there, um, <clears throat> I do remember looking and being, wow, they're not going to start that game till when? And I, that's why I remember saying, man, 45 minutes, that's just, that's just too long. My guess is you might lose some fans. I would think so, yeah. That's a long time to wait in between games. Yeah, no, I got my sh- second shot Saturday. So I, I'm fine. I, yesterday I was kind of uh, with a, head, a little minor headache and chills at times. Mm-hmm. But other than that, no, I was, I, I was yeah, fine. Yeah, I kind of felt the same way after my second Pfizer shot. It just uh, just kind of off a little bit. Not, nothing yeah. where I'd have crawled into bed oh yeah no i just day. found myself laying on the couch till like noon yesterday i'm like man i'm just not i didn't go for a while i just wasn't motivated to do anything uh-huh you know not motivated to do anything and i <laughs> yeah so there was no difference in your and yet life. you <laughs> still somehow you come in here six days a week at three in the morning i know isn't that just stupid yeah. three, is, <laughs> is it three in the morning you get in here no four? i get up at three in the morning i between four and four thirty and then you basically pens. you take how many naps would you say you take during the course of a day Guess one. I always seem to go uh, from eleven you, until six. Whenever I call it, Sean. Whenever I call at three o'clock, and I lay down. Yeah, yeah. You can tell us. Yeah, you can tell he's startled. I do. I lay down at two thirty. Every time I call, he's sleeping. Take a nap till like four thirty, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then I get up at four thirty and I feed the dogs. So you get your two or three hours in in the afternoon. That means yeah. you only need about four to five at night, right? And that's all he gets. Usually. I only get four to five. At You're up till like ten or ten thirty. I cannot. It? Yeah, I can't sleep any longer at <clears throat> a time. Six is about it for like me. Like four hours. I mean. Well, yeah. If you get four or five along with your two hours, that's yeah. seven hours sleep during a twenty. That's you yeah. know that's about that's about right. I don't think you need. And eight. you have some kind of. Like bat-like radar. It doesn't matter. It could be eleven thirty. I am late. It's eleven thirty. It's noon. It's one, two, three, four, five. Eight. Yeah, yeah. Are you sleeping? No, sometimes, no. Sometimes, sometimes just, I just answer the phone. Like yeah, he's that. just crabby all the time. <laughs> 
Because because you you obviously you're calling because you want something, and he doesn't want anybody to want anything from him. Yeah, because I'm not one of these people to call just you know, to call. Hey, how's it going, Steve? I don't I don't do that. Are you having a good day? Yeah, <laughs> I, just, I was just thinking about you. I wanted to check you. Yes. Why did you just? I'm old. You should check up on me. That's just not me. <laughs> Who's gonna check up on me? <clears throat> oh, you have your your son. You're in. You know, you have plenty of people. Check suitor. Yeah, there's a wife there. She's usually right on top of things. Suter took my quiz. I did a Hawkeye quiz yesterday. Yeah. He says he got 12 out of 15 right. That, that was a good quiz. How many did you answer right? Uh, I didn't take the quiz, but I, <laughs> I read the quiz. Well, I don't know that crap like you and Suter. And yeah, I could see. I wonder which one Suter. Well, the one, my true or false question, when I got back to it, I got to thinking, you know, that's obviously true. I wrote about how the Iowa football team in Evie's first year in 52, did they sc- scored... 14 or fewer points in all but one of their nine games. And anyone with common sense would be like, well, yeah, that probably did happen since he's bringing it up, so exactly. it's true. And then I, got, I made it too easy. But I also didn't want to make a bunch of questions that nobody had a chance of answering because what's the fun in that? Right. You gotta, and then I did, like I can remember magazines, you, you list four names, match them with their hometown, like uh-huh. one, two, three, four, A, yeah. B, C, D. Magazines used to do stuff like that. And I, and oh, yeah, yeah. I had a couple of those in there. Just something different. I mean – I mean, this is with no Hawkeye football right now. Hawkeye basketball, spring sports about ready to end. This is these next couple months. It's, I mean, it's not as easy to come up with content because it's just not served to you on a black and gold platter, so to speak. When you were growing up, did you subscribe to any magazines? Sports Illustrated. I've got probably twenty years of them in my garage right now. I don't know what to I've do with I've been schlepping mine uh, to, from apartment to house to apartment. Well, to- I'm not going to. They're probably not worth any. I need to get rid of them. I mean, you don't, do you think a bunch of Sports Illustrated are worth anything? You know, if you package them like here, I've got August 1977. I ain't going to do that. You know, but you, it, it would take a bunch of time to, to package them and, and put them up on eBay or. or on well, Facebook. I could start doing those. I could just start taking one box a week and just putting them on a recycling and taking it out. That's, you could. That's probably what I may start doing. I'm going to go through those and save How some. far do they go back? Probably 80. You could probably make some money off of them. Yeah, I've got some. If you didn't throw them, very seriously. They're not in horrible condition. They're just sitting in boxes. Right. I have some for my brother that are like 1962. Yes, yeah, I don't have that. Early years of sports. I mean, rather than. I think I have the first, uh, I think I have the first swimsuit issue. If anyone's listening and wants them for 50 bucks, you can have them. Well, see, I was going to say 100 to 2, but <laughs> well, I just want to get rid of him. Now, I will maybe keep the one with Lynn Bias, the one where he, the one with him on the cover the oh, week after he died. Yeah. I want to go through and look and see. Um, that's one of the few. I mean, I just will never forget that one. Um, the June, what was that? I think that was the June 26th edition of Sports Illustrated. <laughs> wow. He died on June 19th. And, um, God, to think this will be what? This June for, that will be 86. 35 years ago, Lynn wow. Bias died. Wow. That makes me feel old because he was my grade in college, and I was a huge Boston fan back then, and I was so f- psyched that they got him, and then two days later, he's dead. Yeah, it was, that was a That, that was, was such a shock. No, that was. I remember where I was when I heard that one. I mean, that, that was June 19th, 1986. Where were you working, Captain? 1986, uh, KFMH, and I had just uh, left. Uh, weekends uh, at C ninety five. So, do you did you work in a setup to where you did talk about the Lynn Bias thing? Yeah, yeah, I know it was. I mean, I just remember. That's all everybody was. And talking then that NFL about. player oh, Don yeah. Rogers died like a week after of a cocaine overdose. Mm. That one, some gets lost in the shadow of the Lynn Bias, but yeah, that was I'll never forget because he was so good. Yeah, we our sports director. I mean, I remember the bulletin that 
Yeah. You weren't there then. No, the I was not. I, you see, I think of you as working with me all the time. No, see, and I was there at the end. Yeah. I, I helped destroy it. I was just finishing college then. And he basically, he died of cocaine intoxication. Yeah. That's, yes. that's all that's... Yeah, too pure. He did too much. He right. wasn't used to it. Right, he had no tolerance and he, he for had it, no, and he just died. His body just stopped. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's crazy. and that body, that six foot eight, two hundred and thirty pound thing of muscle and talent, it, that drug just destroyed. Yeah, him. isn't that something? Basically, what we do here, uh, I mean, a little more talk here, but not. You know, we did in the morning show on KFMH. It just basically, I transferred it over. I was completely shocked the first time I tuned in, and you were. You were doing contests to give away some tickets or something, and you were taking names and addresses and phone numbers on the air. I'm like, now he's doing the same thing, yeah. just under <laughs> different circumstances. Hello, hi guys, Chris Lehman. Hey Chris, hey Chris. I got a quick few minutes here to talk about Iowa Hawkeye softball. We were just talking about them. Uh, yep. You are. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. I we mean, they went three uh, out of four. They swept the doubleheader. Yeah. No, we were just in Karn called in, and yeah, but yeah, no. Uh, let, um, give us some more specifics. Well, we have. Hold on, I got a dog barking at me. I got uh, we <laughs> we got uh, we put ourselves in position to possibly propel ourselves into the NCAA tournament. Bid you, we uh, can, we're uh, discussing that. Do you think that I think they got to win three or four? Don't you? If they do that, I think they got a chance because they'll take four teams probably. Don't you think? Uh, yeah, I think we got to take three of four from Illinois. This weekend, but just um, to be in the discussion right now, think about that. Amazing, that's yeah. pretty. It is pretty amazing. Yeah, um, we we played really well over the weekend. We didn't play well Saturday, and um, came back yesterday with a doubleheader on Mother's Day. And that was big. Looked, we looked the part of an NCAA tournament team the way we played. Yeah, um, yeah one Saturday we did not. We did not look at look that way at all. Um, but they, just a quick catch up. They. They move Friday's game next Friday. We host Illinois at 7 p.m. And then there'll be a doubleheader Saturday, I believe, at 12 or 1 and one and 3.30. And then a single on Sunday. So okay. we're hoping that we're in the discussion after after that. But pretty exciting weekend. Um, the roller coaster ride of Division One softball is very down on Saturday and then up again on Sunday. So <clears throat> I, saw, <clears throat> I saw Sarah... Pitched herself out of a couple jams early, and then um, uh, after she gave up a, a home run, uh, they took her out and had um, mm-hmm. um, Lauren yeah. Shaw come yeah, and in I think to get the save. Yeah, and I think that's the way we – these hitters are so good. You see a pitcher three times, third time through, and you start to pick up on timing and stuff. Uh, yeah, she didn't start off well. She walked uh, opening leadoff batter, and then the bases got loaded, and our defense picked it up, Sarah picked it up, and we didn't uh, – Got out of the inning without them scoring yesterday in that game two, and then uh, Lauren Shaw is just phenomenal. We, I was sitting next to Zoe Schulte's dad, and we, were, Lauren finished the game with six consecutive changeups, and we were just, <laughs> wow. well, I mean, after the fourth one, we was like, not again, yes, whatever was working. <laughs> so Chris, yeah, I got to ask you around. if we got, I got to, we do a Hawk fanatic athlete of the week. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, if you had to pick one player from softball over from this past weekend, who would you pick? I think Allison Ducey has really just stepped it up. She was in a funk, uh, West Wisconsin, and I think she only threw two innings up there. Okay. And it, she is just, you know, fifth-year grad senior, 700 career strikeouts. Um, she was actually our game. athlete of the week last week, but if you think she yeah. – 
I mean, because last week, remember, she had the no-hitter. And so, yeah, yeah. Um, how about from an offensive standpoint? Um, I know uh, Locker had a big game. Yes. Oh, Bradley Klosterman, she is, you know, your D one player of the week last week. Um, that's, you know, nationwide. It's so, yeah, no, the way did, she but, lit it up. Did she, but that was for the week before. I mean, how much did she mm-hmm. – how about this past weekend? Um, <laughs> this weekend, I'd have to look at her stats. Um, I think she – yesterday she struggled a little bit. I don't think her on-base percentage was high in the second game. But um, I'd have to look at those stats. I would say her, Denali Locker's been playing well offensively. And she's been our player of the uh, week some uh, yeah. at least one. Okay, well, like I said, i got to make the decision sometime today between track, sure. softball, and baseball. It's not an easy choice picking <laughs> one, especially when track's so good. I mean, track set yeah. – yeah. I think track had like 11 personal 11 bests. 11 personal bests. So we'll see what – but yeah. okay. all right. But, no, these are exciting times for softball, and it's just good to be back. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a interesting week. I I hope to be ex- as excited next week as I was after yesterday. So okay, <laughs> but I so appreciate too. you guys all the coverage and the talk about it. So all right, Chris, get out of here. All right, thanks. Thank you. <clears throat> so Chris will be back on that phone Monday next Monday, but you know who won't be back? Who's that? Suter. No, he'll, he'll, he'll be still, back. He'll, he'll be about the halfway point of his vacation. No, he'll just be getting out of rehab by, by that. <laughs> Hunter bringing it up. I haven't even said anything. Jesus Christ. Oh, I had to do one. You think he's, you think he's face planted in sand right now? It's Monday. You know, he of might course be he is. Taking a little break. He'll be back a week from Wednesday on the air. Yes. And just chipper and just looking for the positive outlook in life, right? Sure. As we, as we all are, especially here. where the hawks are concerned, <laughs> I'm I'm uh, I'm house sitting Molly and Amy's cats. Are they nice? Well, I theoretically, I mean, I haven't seen them. I saw I a, saw one the first day. Sounds like you're doing a hell of a job. Well, they just won't. They're afraid of that's me. Apparently, the, that's the problem with cats, man. They're yeah, just, they, unless you scratch the cat, you should be house sitting scratch the cat. You'd feel so loved. <laughs> I went over there and. When Molly introduced me to her cat, and I petted the cat, and the and it, cat was, you know, and it walked away, was great. And then got down and walked away. And then my, the first day that I went over there, she ran behind me, and I haven't seen her since. And the the second cat, Amy's cat, uh, I've I've never seen. But you don't I think know, it got out and it's like right, it's no, not no, walking on I eighty. <laughs> Amy's cat lives upstairs. The other cat has their food oh. downstairs. Both of them are eating and drinking water, so I know they're still alive. That's my biggest issue with cats. <laughs> Other than this cat over on yeah. Friendly Avenue, most cats that I've known over the years are aloof. My cat, is, she comes up to you, she talks. Yep. My daughter's uh, cat was, I was down in Peoria to visit my daughter uh, over the weekend, and the cat came right up and sat on my lap. That's, a, that's Scratch. It's great. Scratch my cat that died, uh, Tommy was at the house. Uh, watching the watching the pets and the cat, Indiana wouldn't let him out of the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean wouldn't let him out? I, like hissed at him and stuff. Hissed and, <laughs> and, and like defiantly stood in the doorway. <laughs> but most cats that I've been around are aloof. Like my neighbors had a cat for 15 years. I maybe saw it once or twice. All cats should just have the their name whatever. But I'm telling you this attitude. cat this cat scratch is different. It's like a dog. I mean that's it, cool. it chases after me. It comes <laughs> right up to me when he sees me. I call, I'm like come here scratch and it gets up and literally comes to me and lays down in between you know, look right in between my legs and lays down on its back and wants me to rub it. I've never seen a cat like that before. Very rare. It is very sure. rare, but it's always fun because it's halfway through my walk. Yeah. <laughs> he hasn't been out recently. Hopefully he'll be out today, but weather's, this weather kind of sucks. I'm ready for some 70s. 
I'm yeah. I, mean, I got my heat Sunday. on. I got my heat on right now. Yeah, it's crazy. It got down to what forty last night? Thirty nine. Uh, Actually, forty six. Didn't get. Too I only cold, got to forty six. But, but Sunday it was cold. One it of the was, days it got below forty. I think that so. night it rained all night. It was it yeah. was cold the next morning. It was wind was howling a little bit, mm-hmm. and uh, it was it was pretty raw. So, um, but you said seventies by this weekend. Yeah, but there's yeah. a chance of rain. Yeah, is, is well, we got two big series this week in baseball. Yeah. Is, there, is the weather going to be an issue? Well, they say 30%, 40% chance, and, and that's Saturday and Sunday. Upper 60s Saturday. At, yeah, looking okay. at it from Monday, so we'll find out as we get closer. Upper 60s is fine. That's, oh, yeah. That's yeah, great that's baseball. Fine. That's fine baseball, especially if there's no precip. Well, or, and they're having that outdoor graduation uh, ceremony at Kinnick on Sunday afternoon, so hopefully it'll, the weather will hold off for that. Um. I was watching. Have you ever heard the Travel Channel? They have the thing Monsters, and yeah. I happened to be surfing last night. And Google it, Captain Van Meter, Iowa, back in like 1870, I guess, was attacked or bothered, haunted by a half man, half bat <laughs> that had a big, huge horn, and at the end of the horn was this bright light that. Fl- and it was. I mean, there's truth to it because they interviewed a librarian who works who works at the local library there. And it's all part of this old mine. They think the ghost of these animals are now in this. So this lady, this librarian, claims that she went to the mine, and as she was getting out to check it out, a big bat thing. And I, um, I wow. thought of you, Captain, though, when I was watching it, because you know we discussed it. I don't believe it. I just I do. Mean, you believe in ghosts? Yes, to a certain extent. Yes, I do. Okay. This okay. We got a ghost out here. I've heard you say it. it's your dad, and I. Well, my dad's been out here, but it's not the. He's not taking up permanent residence, but there is someone. Jim's experienced it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have. Billy uh, has experienced it here. Suter has. Um, Suter, uh, no. No, he has at home after a couple scotches. He sees, yeah, yeah. but not he here. He sees yeah. paper trails. Yeah. He sees. He sees Marley he ra- sees rattling chains. No, when he's home, he sees three ghosts, and he just yeah. assumes the one in the middle is the real one. Yeah, here's the ghost of the Bloody Mary. Yeah. Here's the ghost of beer. And here's the ghost of scotch. And here's the ghost of wine. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> no, I believe in ghosts. Uh, Tommy extent. on Saturday. Uh, Saw a ghost. Was in uh, no, but heard it calling his name. He was in the uh, break room, and uh, yeah, I'm now it's starting to talk. I'm skeptical. I'm, I'm a cynic. I like Ooh. I said, Bigfoot. Show me, show me something. You I'll, should be here. Seriously, you should hang I'll out spend here the some night, morning. I'll, Says yes. Yeah, I'll the spend night. the night here sometimes. Say, come on, ghost, come and get me. We'll see what, and nothing <laughs> well, will happen. It's not going to get you. Nothing. Well, come out and shake hands with me. Talk yeah. sports. You know. I mean, <laughs> l- l- lend me twenty bucks. Whatever. Well, Just, let's have was, some interaction. The one was not happy with a Hawkeye football game one weekend because we came in, and the uh, the the hawk uh, her, the hawk sign on you in your office had uh, mysteriously fallen off the wall. And was all the way across. You sound the like those Bigfoot people. They hear a branch break. Oh God, there's Bigfoot. No, foot. this thing fell off the wall when we came in. The the thing was across the room. Yeah, there's no there's no physical way. No, that, yeah, but I just can't just jump to the that was a ghost. That's where I am. I can't just jump to that conclusion. Well, I, normally I would say okay, no, but 
It was attached to the wall. That's one thing. And if it if it f- fell, it would have fallen straight down and maybe yeah, leaned over. Yeah, strange it phenomenon. Was, was, I know. It was 20 feet across the room. I'm just skeptical, like yeah. I said. And like I don't believe that Van Meter, Iowa, was visited by a giant bat-like human no, creature. No, I don't buy Although that. Although it did have a 30-minute show on the Travel <laughs> Channel. It was, it was Van Meter, Iowa. They interviewed people there today who still believe this thing's haunt wow. this town, and I never knew that about Van Meter Island. Well, Wouldn't it be neat if Van Meter, the guy that imitated uh, uh, Kennedy, was haunting Van Meter? That would the be, guy that imitated that, Van Meter. That would be great. Oh, they had right. a world-class racist from Van Meter, Iowa. Who's yeah. that? Bob Feller. Oh, yeah, he was a yeah. dick, too. I remember we tried to interview him from the Press Citizen one time, and he was so mean. Yeah. Just surly oh, He was mean, just an a Just a dick. Well, they interviewed him for that baseball series that Ken Burns did about and they they asked him about Willie Mays's you know big catch in 1954 and you know I've seen better I mean it wasn't that I heard him wasn't that great of a play seriously (laughs) when I was younger I heard him on an interview um and I think Tate Cummings did it and you know and he was you know Tate was one of the nicest he was a close friend of our sports director Blaine Hawkins uh, and just one of the nicest people you could meet. Mm-hmm. And he, I mean, Bob Feller was just such a jerk. I mean, You know, un- if you're, you're going to be like that, why even bother to, to yeah, accept why, an interview? Yeah. What's so sad is he was so great as yeah. a baseball player. He was a war hero. Yep. There was so much to admire about him, but he was just a dick. Yeah. I mean, I'll never forget that phone call. Yeah, what do you guys call you know? I, I, and Bob, maybe it's something with people named Bob, because Bob Greasy was also, when I called him for the Iowa-Michigan game back in 97 to preview, his kid was the starting quarterback for Michigan. And just, how'd you get my number? Well, CBS Sports gave it. I mean, just a complete a-hole. I mean, I just, I mean, I was, I remember hanging up the phone being like, yeah, it's always disappointing when you're your first experience yes. with somebody like that. You see the person on TV who you think is, but there's nothing like the person, and it was just it was disappointing. But Bob Filler and Bob Greasy were two that I had bad experiences with. Just not not very nice. I was I was fortunate enough to meet my my baseball hero Billy Williams at one of the Cup. My guess events. is he comes off as nice. Soup just couldn't have been yep. nicer. I introduced myself, and he goes, Do "They call you Catfish." <laughs> I mean, he automatically engaged with me. You know, mm-hmm. that does not surprise me. He and, just comes across that and way. just the nicest guy. And and uh, apparently. Um, he he still uh, he still plays golf and and uh, you know, stops at a stops at a neighborhood bar afterwards to have a have a drink and he he'll sit and have a drink with anybody who buys someone you know doesn't sit there and get you know hammered or anything but he always has a, a beer or two after after his round of golf and I think that's just way cool that he's still mm-hmm. living in Chicago and I think he's still employed by the Cubs as a consultant of some sort. I believe sort. he is. Yeah, they had him on. Yeah, they, during one of the Sunday. They had night him on during games. one of the Sunday games and. Um, he was talking about like playing with Hank Aaron, and there's a video uh, that was just put out on Twitter. It was Frank Robinson, Hank Aaron, Ernie Ernie Banks, and Willie Mays, like in the mid '50s when they're oh, yeah. all just starting to blossom into legends. Yeah. And it shows them conversing for about 20 seconds before an All-Star game. And I just tweeted, "Wow!" I mean, you think of the baseball royalty just in the. I mean, Hank Aaron and Willie Mays, you could argue, are the first and second greatest players ever. I mean, yeah. you could, you know, or vice versa. I mean, they're in the top five of. So many, and then Frank Robinson was incredible, and what a tough man he was. Yeah, too. the Reds traded him because they thought his career was over, and he went over to the and, Orioles and was MVP in and both And didn't leagues. take crap from anybody. No. Frank Robinson and Bob Gibson were two of the toughest 
men, they didn't, you know, yeah, there was racism all around them, and they dealt with it, but they didn't take crap from anybody. He was, uh, Feller was elected the inaugural president of the Major League Baseball Players Association and participated in barnstorm exhibition games featuring players from both the major and Negro leagues. Yeah, my dad batted against him, and he said it's the only time he's ever been afraid. My dad was afraid of baseballs. He just didn't, they, mm-hmm. you know, he could do anything on the football field, but he but I, I, he said, he goes, man, I remember that ball going by me. He goes, I had no chance. It was at, he was at one of those barnstorming events, and the mm-hmm. fellow was pitching. And I asked my dad, I go, what would you have done if he would have hit you? He goes, well, I would have fallen to the ground, been knocked unconscious. I got, <laughs> eventually, I would have gotten back up, and then I would have kicked his ass. That's what my dad said. <laughs> he uh, pitched against uh, Jackie Robinson. He told a reporter that he believed Robinson was too muscle-bound to succeed yeah, gee. against pitching in the major leagues. How that, that didn't age very well, did it? No, <laughs> not at all. But, yeah, it's just unfortunate that he was... He was a racist. And a dick. A racist dick. Well, I guess yeah. they go hand in hand, right? Yeah. Hello? Uh, Satchel Page also said the one the one man he was intimidated by to, you know, however Satchel Page could be intimidated was Bob Feller. Because mm-hmm. he was throwing 96 in high school. Yeah, no, yeah. He, he, was, he had an arm. I mean, he was he was incredible. And back in the early 70s, I worked the Amanda VIP at the Highlander, and I met uh, Mickey Mano and Arnold Palmer. And they were okay guys. You could tell they just wanted to be left alone. They tipped mm-hmm. well, and they signed autographs. But, you know, and I was surprised. Mickey Mano was a big old farm boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Commerce, Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah, he was a big dude. And uh, Palmer just, you know, he looked a little road-weary, but he was he was okay. Uh, the, uh, Pat... For your information, one of the nicest guys I met there was uh, Goober. George oh, yeah. Lindsay? That does not, yeah, surp- was, that does not surprise Clark me. Were, he, Roy Clark, and Jerry Reed were all really sweet guys. That's good to know. That does not that surprise nice. me. Yeah, no, I always like hearing stuff like that. You know, they'd, you'd run into those guys in the hallway when they were heading out to the golf course, and they'd sit there and talk to you as long as you wanted to talk. <laughs> That's cool. That is cool. I bet Jim Neighbors was a nice guy, too, I bet. You know, I would think yeah. so. Yeah. Uh, the only guy, the only guy in that whole, you know, and there was a whole bunch of people out there. The only guy that I found to be a nightmare was Glenn Campbell. Really? Yeah, he was drunk all the okay, time. Well. He hit on anything. <laughs> he hit on anything in a skirt. Uh, yeah, Glenn so, had a rough seventies and eighties. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think he was probably, you know, speedballing or something. Well, I mean, yeah, so. he did. That's been well documented. He yeah. had a, yeah, he had a rough go of it. Yeah, but. Anyway, you couldn't meet a nicer guy than Roy Clark. That's great to hear. And a great guitarist. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yes, agreed. Yeah, very Thanks, good. Guys, no, thank you. Show. Yeah, thank you. No, I um, I put Roy Clark. I know people who understand and appreciate guitars don't underrate him, but I think most people would be surprised. Well, he's at just how the, the hee-haw guy. Yeah. Well, yeah, and Glenn Campbell, same. I think a lot of people don't God, realize he, how good he was. But, yeah. no, Glenn Campbell had some issues. Did you watch the Marvin Gaye? I haven't yet. Last got night. it recorded. I watched it last night. It was good. Um, but they're talking about how influential this album was and how influential, and he was, man. He was mm-hmm. some, I think it was Stevie Wonder said he's the most influential singer over the last 50 years. I think he, wow. said, he in, said he influenced more people. And they interviewed some guy, uh, Maxwell. Yeah. I've never heard of him, but he sounds like he's the, 
they sort of were saying, hey, you're kind of this age as mm-hmm. um, Marvin Gaye. The thing with Marvin Gaye, though, they finally get to it at the end, was just how tragic his oh, life God, was. Yes. I mean, cocaine just ravaged him, his relationship with his father, who eventually killed him. I mean, it was mm-hmm. just just so thin. He oh, had, that's an awful story. And then the Tammy Terrell, they were together, yeah, and she yeah. dies of brain cancer when she's yeah. like 20. It was just a terrible, sad story. Yeah. You know, all the stuff he wrote about was sad, but his own personal demons, it was just depressing. Yeah, but his father shooting him, like, Jesus. Well, they Jesus. had his father had issues. Yeah. yeah. But then you combine his father's issues with the fact that Marvin was just geeking out on cocaine. for. Yeah. I mean, he apparently did an album that the, the record company just rejected, and it was apparently just, just horrible. Just because he was so, you know. They said he spent tons of money on it. Yeah. It's just unfortunate. I, I've never been able to understand how you can, you know, snort away a fortune like that. I mean, can't you see that? I guess well, you're because you're. It, well, I think you're, you're physically. I think you're physically addicted to you're it. You're just like I got to do this. Yeah, but, but yeah, no, it, it was a sad story, and that album was very influential. It's good though; you guys will like it. They have good interviews. Yep. And it's it's well done. Usually, when CNN and they do, stuff, they're usually their music well. films are really good. Yeah, they are. They are. Their they films are. Good. are are very well yes. when ESPN does documentaries, they're, yeah. they're, 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 yeah. they're good. Hello, one thing they didn't talk about last night though is how far in debt he was. Well, oh no, you're God. right, they, they didn't, they, they did say though that his drug use really stripped him from it, but yeah, they didn't go into any detail. But oh, he had major, I mean, yeah, he was the, his last four or five years were just horrible. I feel it was just, I mean, a, like two million in taxes, yep. three million to other people, but you know what. People in that music industry, I think the industry, you think you make a lot of money, but they screw you over a lot. Well, yeah, oh, the artists that. get screwed over, in the, and the, it, at the beginnings in the 50s, 60s, 70s, um, Sonny Bono, uh, when I interviewed him, he said uh, that uh, they had the number one freaking record, I Got You, Babe. Uh, it was on the charts for like almost 20 weeks. Sold uh, millions of copies. How much do you think he made off of it? No clue. What do you think, Pat? Um, a thousand dollars. I have no. What, yeah. year, what year are we talking 10, about? Ten grand, maybe fifty grand. He made uh, thirty grand off of yeah, it. What year are we talking about? Nineteen sixty-nine, seventy. Well, yeah, no. I mean, you hear stories about how that bad finger half their band killed themselves because yeah. they were screwed well, over. Creed's Clearwater Revival. John Fogarty. I mean, no, yeah. it happens all the time. I mean, Elv- even With, Elvis. Uh, Gordy Berry, Marvin's manager. Mm-hmm. That ain't good. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just, it was a, it's a sad story. Yeah. You know, yeah, he, he made Motown, and when he dies, everyone's going to go, oh, my God, you know. And he was... He, he was polarizing. He, yeah, he'll have to screw him into the ground when he dies. <laughs> but, man, Marvin Gaye, he you died know, on April Fool's. He's been the, dead for over 37 years. Yeah. Wow. The people talk about how his music was kind of directed to people of color, and I never thought that. I thought it was no. to everyone about the war, the babies, the, the environment, oil mm-hmm. on the floor. You know, that, yeah. I, I just never thought... I, that's what I liked about him. He, what about, didn't he, he do sexual healing? Yes. Yeah. What did you think of that one, Captain? Uh, we play it. <laughs> I've never heard you. You do play it on this channel? I've never yeah. heard it. Okay. Yeah. His voice was incredible. They never talked about that. I wish he would have belted it out a little bit louder, but his voice was uh, unique. So. Mm-hmm. so great. It was a great show, and then a great 60 Minutes about the Ritchie boys. God, that's just something I never knew. 
existed. So that's another day. <laughs> yeah, I didn't watch 60 Minutes yesterday. Yeah, thanks. All right, man. Oh, thanks. Who are the Richie boys? I don't know. Oh, they were uh, Jews that uh, helped turn around the war. Oh. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a neat story. Well, thank you. I, thank you. We owe them our appreciation. Yeah. If they it's, helped a, turn it's, a great, it's a great story. It's on uh, Facebook on 60 Minutes, and I've got it posted on our Facebook Like Marv page. Levy said when he was asked if one of their, if the Super Bowl was a must-win, he's like, no, must-win. World War II was a must-win. <laughs> that's still one, that's of great, that's one of the greatest. Yeah. That's one of the greatest answers of all time. So, and then when John McKay, they're like, well, what do you think of your team's execution? He's like, I'm all for it. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> that is a great one. Okay. Is that him again? Uh, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Now, now I'm bugged, Captain. I... I, that, uh, that What's Going On album, Inner City Blues, was my favorite song. That's a good and, movie. And, that is an and then, and then in the 60s, Ain't That Peculiar, just so freaking great. So will we have a fake this guy here at some point, too? No, this I, guy. No. <laughs> no, this guy. Nobody it, should go so low. <laughs> I, when I get done here, I'll contact his uh, provider. It's, I got his phone number. And, yeah. So Can you put a block on the numbers? Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll take care of it. I'll take care of this. The guy and hopefully that uh, God will strike him. <laughs> you, we were we had Mickey Mantle in the conversation a few minutes ago. Somebody up on Facebook, you know, as they always put up these goofy questions. Who would you have liked to seen do a whole twenty year career injury free? And the first thing that came to mind was Mickey Mantle because he was hurt a lot. Bo Jackson and Bo Jackson too. Yeah, without question, Bo Jackson. Yeah, Mickey Mantle uh, wrecked his knee, uh, easing up on a fly ball so Joe DiMaggio could get it, and he mm-hmm. tripped on a on a sprinkler head or something and, and tore his knee up and that would started a whole series of injuries for him. But Bo did incredible things in oh both sports. God. I think he was better in football, of course, but he only had about three and a half, four years to do it before his hip gave out. Yeah. Hello. Hi. Um, I just finished reading a very well-written biography of Jimmy Carter, but there was one unusual uh, fact in the book that uh, who would have known that Barry Gordy and Jimmy Carter shared a great grandfather. No kidding! Wow. (laughs) And the the Carter family owned the farms, and they had these shacks where the workers lived in. So you can take it from there. Uh Interesting. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Learn something every day. This is an educational show today, Captain. We're learning. We're teaching. We're influencing the community. (laughs) We're we're making an impact. Um. It's like a plane. Do we go back to the Hawkeyes at all, or are we just too far gone for today anyway? There you go. I mean, we'll be back yeah. Wednesday. We got Rick, like I said, we'll get some good Iowa baseball discussion coming. I'm kind of curious to see what Rick thinks. I mean, Iowa, it would have been nice to have swept Penn State record-wise, but still they've won six out of their last seven series. And and they've got all these series left are very winnable, but they I, they, they got to finish in the top four. I don't think the Big Ten is going to get more than 14. We had a quote from him uh, this morning about the the last play of that game. He goes, the guy threw a wet ball. Uh, I have no strike. problem with Rick sending the runner, no. And, I mean, he goes, there was a perfect throw, and it was a, you know, a lousy way to lose, but they played a great game. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, in the Hawkeyes. But I'm fighting. And they didn't, you know, they, they were down five to nothing. They, they got one in the eighth and three in the ninth. Yeah, no, they went down fighting. Absolutely. Penn State just happened to me. I just didn't like the way Penn State No, reacted. that's that's Did, did that's Rick crappy. say anything? He didn't say anything about that, did he, on the I air? I don't think so, no. Um, <laughs> 
but it was not. It was just not good behavior by Penn State, and it was just you know, not a good. It's one thing look. to celebrate, but geez. Yeah, there's one thing to celebrate. You celebrate with yourself, but they seem more concerned about rubbing it in Iowa's face. And I, and I'm just sitting there thinking, guys, you just lost two out of the three games in the series, and you're like eight games below. Where are you? Where's this coming from? Right. It just was not a good look. Did you uh, Did you watch any of the Cub games this weekend? I watched. I watched the comeback yesterday. I did, yeah, bits and pieces. I can't watch, I mean, I just can't watch baseball from start to finish. But, no, I'm watching. I mean, they're at 500 right now. I'm pleasantly surprised. Yeah. I still think it's teetering. I still think at some point, I, I, I still think there's a better chance they'll be 10 games below 500 than 10 games over 500 That's before possible. it's over. absolutely. But I'll be happy if they can just hover around 500. Well, they, they got two teams this week, uh, that or this past week, that were, uh, had injuries, but the Dodgers had their you know their, yeah, their the Dodgers are struggling big top time. three pitchers uh, and they they beat them they swept them. The Dodgers and are struggling big time right Saturday, now. Saturday, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, Saturday, the Cubs didn't even get an extra base hit in one. Yep. Uh, the the last run was scored. Hayward walked, stole second. Mm-hmm, I saw and, it. Yeah, and I, then uh, got a uh, got the home plate on a slide uh, from a blue pit to right field. So I mean they were manufacturing runs, and you know they talked about all the no hitters and everything. You know what the major league batting average is right now? It's in the two thirties. Mm-hmm. That's entire, and usually it's two sixty five, around that, around in that area. So I mean, it's it's like thirty points lower than it normally is. But I'm pleasantly surprised. But I still have no expectations. I still don't think they're going to sustain, and oh, I just no. don't think they have the pitching. And eventually, you watch, they're going to go through another stretch where they score like one run and like eight. They're just that's that's just who they are. They've just still have. I mean, I love Jason Hayward, but my God, can he ever just hit two fifty? He I had mean, a pretty good year last year. Last year, didn't he? one out of six. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I mean, he's been big. Right. He helped them win the World Series with his leadership and moxie. But he just—he was awful that year, though. Except but he for just his, can't hit. No, and they're paying him twenty-four million a year. I think they've been paying him for this is his seventh year, I believe. Yeah. I mean, and yes, he's done a lot of good for them. But man, there's so many times where he gets up. And he either strikes out or grounds out to second base. Yeah, I was at a game just, uh, where they had the bases loaded, and he was up. And I'm like, you know, I wanted more than anything because he was struggling like he always has been. And they got to get Hendricks figured out too. Oh boy! I he mean, is- yeah, those were blue pits and everything yesterday, but still, he's just finding way too much of the plate, and he's just not real good right now. But like I said, they're 500, so I can't complain. I thought right. they'd be five, six, seven games below 500 at this stage. So I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm happy, pleasantly surprised. And a broadcaster familiar, uh, Iowa fans are familiar with, Beth Mounds, uh, became the first female broadcaster of a Cub game. Yeah, uh, and weekend. I thought that was neat. I know some people, one thing I've noticed is, especially with like NBA, former NBA players who are now color analysts, no, nobody's good according to the people on Twitter. Like if Chris Weber's on, right. I don't think Chris Weber's great, but there'll be people like listen. They'll do a gift listening to Chris Weber do the game, and it'll show a picture of somebody with blood coming out of their ears. <laughs> are they? It's amazing how critical people are of announcers. Well, and everybody's got their own style. And it was funny because Rick Sutcliffe was on with them Sunday. For and I don't have a problem with him. I no, think he's, he's he's very opinionated. Were people ripping him, but he was he. He was the he was complimenting Beth about her you know being her achievement. the first and she, and he goes and you're funny because she was she was cracking jokes and making Deshays laugh and stuff so I mean she was having well fun. I know she used to get ripped for her college football games and I just I don't pay enough attention to really like as you know what they're doing is not easy no and as long as they don't make me think about them I'm fine 
I mean, there's people that rip Doris Burke. I think she's one of the best basketball analysts there is out there. Mm-hmm. I think she's really good. But And the former athletes, you know, I mean, Richard Jefferson, Reggie Miller, Chris Webber, they all just get ripped by people on Twitter. <laughs> and it's just, I don't know. Just, what, what just You follow the Kentucky Derby, and you like that, right? Oh, yeah, I love the Triple Crown. Yeah. Would you? I, well, it's unfortunate. I mean, something put, somebody put that in the horse, yeah. and Bob Baffert is – I mean, they, Churchill Downs has already banned him. Let me uh, – CNN is uh, – He's basically trying to figure out a way to throw yeah. somebody else under the bus, isn't he? Yeah, well, let's – I'll go to this uh, CNN report. We may be just days away from the next leg of the Triple Crown, but horse racing fans will have to wait to see if the winner of the Kentucky Derby will actually be on that track. Yeah, I mean, sad for the Kentucky Derby. Uh, Medina Spirit's title seriously in jeopardy now after the horse failed – a post-race drug test. Now the horse's trainer has been suspended. Seen as sports, uh, Andy Scholes following this, I think it's Bob Baffert. I mean, he, he's been fine before uh, for, for this kind of thing. What, what do we know? Well, Jim and Poppy, so Bob Baffert said just moments ago you know, on, on Fox News that he's had Preakness with Medina Spirit, uh, you know, and they're moving forward as if they're just trying to win this second leg of the Triple Crown. Will Medina Spirit actually get to run this weekend in Baltimore, well, that's certainly up in the air. But if, if he does, uh, Bob Baffert is actually undefeated with a Kentucky Derby winner in the Preakness going for that second leg of the Triple Crown. Now, after the news of Medina Spirit's failed drug test, the Preakness stakes putting out a statement that read in part, we are consulting with the Maryland Racing Commission and any decision regarding the entry of Medina Spirit in the 146 Preakness stakes will be made after review of the facts. Now, they've already pushed back the post-position draw until tomorrow because of all this uncertainty. Now, Baffert says he doesn't know how Medina Spirit could have had a raised level of an anti-inflammatory drug because he nor anyone in his barn uh, never administered this drug to the horse at all. Baffert is adamant that he did not cheat to win the Kentucky Derby. He's denied any wrongdoing, and he said they're going to investigate how this happened. I got the biggest gut punch in racing for something that I didn't do. And and this is really, it's disturbing. It's an injustice to the horse. I don't know what's going on in racing right now, but there's something not right. And I don't feel embarrassed. I feel like I was wronged. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna do a complete, you know, our own investigation. We're going to be um, uh, transparent with the Racing Commission like we've always been. Now, Medina Spirit's actually the fifth uh, horse to fail a drug test for Bob Baffert in the past year. But he's always said that those guys, guys, that those are all contamination and they all work themselves out. If Medina Spirit is actually disqualified from the Kentucky Derby, Mandaloon uh, would be named the winner. Okay, so do you believe him? Well, guess who's uh, standing by his side? Donald Trump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Guilty! <laughs> but, it, but... Well, say, they're saying it's fake news? Uh, they're saying, yeah, that uh, he's... I do remember yeah. watching the race and thinking, wow, that horse never let up. It just kept going, just kept going. It led pretty much from start to finish. What happens when, okay, so people have won money, haven't they? Well, yeah, that's... Uh, well, they said that if they end up disqualifying it mandaloon will be the winner i think right. th- i don't know how they handle the money from what was well, already yeah, paid out i mean people question. aren't going to get back the money but it looks no, bob baffert not. looks like he's trying to make himself out to be the victim yeah yeah in this thing and 
you know, I don't know what the truth is. None of it, only a select few know the truth. I mean, that but sounds, I'm not just going to believe Bob Baffert because he says he's not lying and because well, Trump endorsed said, him. Yeah, they just said five he's times had, in the last year. Yeah, five times in the last year this has happened. And it says they've all worked themselves out. That really didn't uh, answer know the question. What that means. <laughs> But, I mean, I just feel sorry. Whenever I watch those Triple Crowns, I love the event, but I've always got my fingers crossed, hoping no horse gets hurt. Yeah, that's Because yes. I still have the images of Barbaro. Oh, I go all God, the way back yes. to Ruffian. Yeah. Do you guys remember Ruffian? Yeah. The Philly? Yeah. I remember watching that with my dad, and I remember my dad. I was young then, but my dad basically said, that horse will have to be put down. I'm like, why? And then he explained to me the weight, how brittle their bone. You, mm-hmm. you, you can't. Well, Three Bells did it for me, and I can't watch it anymore. But I do. I just watch with my fingers crossed, watching every Triple Crown race, just hoping yeah. those poor horses don't get hurt. Wasn't it? Wasn't there a track out in the West Coast that they finally shut down because of? Yeah, I think the there was injuries. one by San Diego. Yeah, I think there was San, one by San, San Diego. San, Santa Clara, or something. something like yeah. They had a Santa bunch. Anita. Santa yeah, Anita. well, they had horses dying. Weren't yes, they? yeah, well, twenty nine. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, I, I like I said, I love the moment of the Triple Crown. I mean, the other day. Um, Every, every once in a while when I get bored, you know what I do? I just call up Secretariat's three Triple Crown races. That is about 10 minutes of just pure oh, joy. If you're, ever in a, if you're ever bored or down, just turn those on. You can find out. I mean, just watching that, like, I mean, I'm one of the weird ones. I, uh, yes, the Belmont Stakes was incredible. But to me, my favorite one's the Preakness of Secretariat. Uh, just the way he, in a matter of like four seconds, just took that race over. But, I mean, and then what's always funny to do, like they did it with the horse the other day, Whoever wins the Derby now or these Triple Crowns now, mm-hmm. they always say, okay, here's that horse, and here's where Secretariat would have been. Right. And I think he was literally 70 feet in front of this horse. Wow. That's how good Secretariat's times wow. were. Well, in his 220 or 224 or whatever in the Belmont, that'll never be touched. Do you remember, Steve, uh, back in the day when uh, WGN would run the, uh, the, 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 the the premier race at Arlington Park, yeah. the, the replay with yeah. Phil George F. doing the right. doing the play by play. My grand- during the newscast, that was a, that was part of the sports. Wow! Yeah. My grandfather would go to Arlington Park uh, races mm-hmm. all the time. Uh, the whole family there. Uh, would he gamble? Yes. Yeah. See, that just never interests me. I just want the horses to survive. Yeah. yeah. Hello. Hey, what's this about the steroids in the in the horse? They're saying they found trace amounts of steroid like picograms yes something mm-hmm. to that extent a small yeah. amount but enough to be illegal and enough yeah. to get the horse possibly disqualified geez that little much and a huge animal like that yeah i don't I know how the, i don't know how the drugs work but i mean the people that are yeah i mean any slight advantage i mean especially mm-hmm. in a race that was that close i mean yeah i mean certain substances are banned and you can't use them and so, yeah, but Bob Baffert's basically making it sound like somebody else put this in here well, without that, my approval. Yeah. yeah. And how does that happen? Yeah, because he says, that's that, yeah. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean I'm mean, i not, I'm innocent until proven guilty. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. So, but it's happened five times. To Bob Baffert's horses, is yeah. that what they were saying? Yes. yes. So, yeah, something doesn't seem right well, here. And whether it, he did it or somebody else did it, the fact is that it was trace amounts of that drug in the horse so what do you do oh and that interview didn't endear me to bob baffert no. I think he's making excuses he's trying to find somebody else to blame and mm-hmm. i don't think necessarily getting trump's endorsement is going to help him with the, drive <laughs> no. the truth train either <laughs> no but i mean seriously so you got these people that have won this money uh, and right yeah i'm not sure how they're going to handle that uh, yeah 
I mean, and I'm sure the only reason Trump is endorsing Bob Baffert must be a conservative who has expressed support for Trump. Probably. If this was some left-wing, Trump would have nothing. To, it's like everything else in society now. It's yeah. politically motivated. <clears throat> everything is politically motivated now. Everything. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. Well, if, if we would have given away the $1,000 like we, we, we used to do. For what? Uh, the, the Kentucky oh. Derby. Oh, God. If we would have given that away... I would have wanted the money back. You'd been on their door knocking. <laughs> hey, you owe us $1,000. But I'm not sure oh, how they're going to. Let's be real, though. We, 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 we don't send that out the next day. Don't you do installments? Like we, usually, we usually wait till they finally threaten to call the police on us. <laughs> no, we don't. I'm kidding. <laughs> but no, it doesn't go out that day. No, but it's, it, it would have gone it out by now. It's sure. been a week later. Yeah, suppose it, yeah. <laughs> well, remember... When they had that power uh, Powerball fixing uh, uh, thing yeah. with the guy from the lottery, I never did figure out how they did that. And and uh, you know the people that bought tickets wanted to do a class action suit and get their you know get their money yeah. back and and you know somebody else would have won and I don't know how do you do how do you figure that out? It's just not a good look for horse racing, and I do worry about the horses. These humans putting these drugs in these. I I've often wondered how much horses know. Like, do you think Secretariat woke up that day of the Belmont? Yep, I'm gonna kick ass. I mean, how much do you think horses really know what they're doing in these things? Uh, well, they have a, an inner competitive spirit. Some of them, obviously, the horses aren't. I mean, they're not really stupid. They've got different personalities. Oh no, I understand right. that. My and, son worked at a at a horse ranch one summer. And he would come home and talk about the horses like they were people. His horse is a real a hole. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, Secretariat had kind of an ornery side to yeah. him, ornery, and he was a showboat. Like when, after he retired, when people would come down there, he would show off and uh-huh. what have you. But I just often wonder. Because, you know, in the, the Disney movie, they show Secretariat looking to his left and sham. I don't know if that crap went on, but yeah. I think Disney sometimes takes it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, they too. took that. That movie was. I was waiting for Secretariat to flip sham off or something, you know. <laughs> Stick its tongue out at him. But still, that is still, some people will say, the greatest two minutes and two and a half minutes in sports. Yeah. Remember when Secretariat ESPN had him like 14th on their list of the. And it drew that big crap storm. People were so. Yeah. I didn't have a problem. He was an athlete. Yes. Oh, I mean, yeah. They, they should have said, well, humans then. No other. I mean, but Secretariat, I mean, I think you could have argued, you could have ranked him higher. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean. Dominant in their sport. The most dominant horse race ever, horse yeah. racer ever. I mean, it was just not even close. His time, now he did lose a couple of races, but there was usually an explanation behind that. Horses but. aren't stupid. I, well, the uh, Mr. Ed thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the first couple of episodes. Uh, they used they used peanut butter on his lips, uh, right before uh, you know Alan uh, uh, Young would talk to him. Right, and uh, then he got it. And every time Alan Young, they didn't have to okay. use anything. We've gone from secretary to Mister Freaking Ed. <laughs> yes, we okay. have. Jesus. But it shows you how smart they are. When he'd stand in front of the horse, and the horse still would going. move its lips. Okay. Well, but he hasn't gone as far as Francis the Talking Mule yet. No, so. but he will. He will. His, some, his... Well, there you go. Mules are very... We're going to hear his uncle had a, you know... Some... <laughs> My uncle had a mule. <laughs> it was very stubborn. <laughs> was that a Clint Eastwood movie? My uncle? No, Two yeah, Mules for Sister yeah, Sarah. Yeah, for Sister yeah. Sarah. So, yeah. Ever see that one? No, I, I tried. I, it, it bored me. It's they didn't want to fund that movie. He had to burrow it. It bored yeah, me. Itself. Hey, I watched the thing about Carson last night. That was 
That was interesting. Oh, I got that tape. Yeah, he I do is, have um, that taped. Did you guys ever watch anything live? Yeah, I watched uh, <laughs> NCIS. Oh, so you had your own series that you're. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, it was um, it was good. I mean, but a lot of it was stuff you already knew. Johnny Carson was aloof. He was socially awkward. Well, PBS did a whole thing on him uh, about five six years ago, like a two hour. They talked about how he let Harry Belafonte be the guest on his show because he wanted to support um, racial equality, but yep. he knew that if he did it, he'd lose half his audience probably. Mm-hmm. And what happened? They talked about how. Dick Cavett and Joey Bishop, and then they brought up competition. Dick Cavett's a really interesting part of it. I mean, and I do remember D- Dick Cavett being on late night, but no, it was interesting. I mean, it was, but Johnny was weird. He was, they talked about how the moment he, the lights went on, he was a completely different person. Right. They asked, he's like, it's the only time in my life where I felt like I was in, in control. Right. And they said the moment the, the lights would go off and they'd get back to not shooting, he'd go off into a corner and just be really awkward and mm-hmm. not mean, just aloof. He just was, un- right. and then they showed an interview with him in like 2000 and he said, he goes, a lot of it was, I was just really, really shy and uncomfortable around mm-hmm. people when the lights were well, on. His mother was a bitch. Did a number on him, yeah. But man, did he generate a lot of revenue for a yeah. lot of different people. Yeah, when they, they, the media, you know, said how much he was making, and then, then they finally said, well, the network makes this much of him. Like, why aren't they paying him more? Oh yeah, he was underpaid. I oh, think yeah. he was from what what he was bringing in. And they talked about how he launched David Letterman and what. It, no, it was interesting. He, uh, no, his mother would he, he'd always seek approval, and she yeah. never, ever gave him a, yeah. the, the book. Uh, on him, the biography is just fascinating. Yeah, his lawyer. But he was an interesting character, and he loved the move out to California in 72 because that was more his lifestyle. He likes... uh, I mean, if you had your choice between living in New York City or L.A., what would you pick? Oh, that's a tough one. I would... uh, I'd probably go L.A. for the weather. Yeah. And a little more space, maybe. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they're both expensive. Yeah. But, man, living in, like, New York City in the thick of it, that would get old after a while. Probably, That would... That, that would get old. Now, there's really nice suburbs and what have you, but, but no, they said that he embraced the move out to California in 72. I think it's great that the only t- two things that I know of that he did after retiring was he voiced the Simpsons episode mm-hmm. and would guest on Letterman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he, if he did do that, but no, just a very private person. And nobody knew until his politics. Until he died. Well, nobody really knew his politics. He's hardcore he liberal. He yeah. just never expressed yeah, it. Right. But I, yeah, he gave to a lot of liberal causes. But he, but he knew he'd lose his audience, a part of his audience, yeah. like we do here. Remember when we start talking? <laughs> I've had people say, "Ah, oh, the moment you guys start talking politics, I'm switching to," and I'm like, "Switching to what other channel?" Yeah, what seriously, other seriously what are you going to listen to? <laughs> Ask the expert, the locksmith guy. Um, no, he. Uh, he uh, did not uh, care for the network, and uh, we didn't know till till he died how much he hated the, uh, you know some of the executives at the network. Oh yeah, and uh, he hated Bob Hope. Oh yeah, well Bob Hope was a jerk, <laughs> <laughs> and the the, the autobi- or the biography. His lawyer wrote an, a, a great biography yeah. of him. And uh, said that you know it's the one I'm yeah that I read. Yeah. But no, it's definitely worth watching. I mean, you guys, I think will I think you'll enjoy it. And the parts with Letterman were interesting. They showed a lot of David Letterman in his morning show. Yeah, that, and that was something you know, else. I was in college, and everybody would like you know schedule around 
that damn show so they could watch it. Well, not, not enough, dude, because the ratings were terrible. Yeah. And, but he basically was doing a night show in the morning. Right. And basically, he ended up taking his morning show and just doing it at night. It was the exact same. It's where he threw stuff off the building <laughs> yeah. and went out and interviewed people on the street. It just needed to be on at 1030 at night. There yes. was no market for it in the morning. Yeah. But that was really interesting listening to him how, I mean, he basically made Letterman. They interviewed... Um, who's well, the, he wrote his uh, monologue. Nobody knew he was writing... Part of submitting, uh, submitting jokes well, to Letterman. Ray yeah. Romano, who's yeah. the George, yeah. uh, the the Mexican comedian who had his George Lopez. George Lopez. They interviewed like four or five. Byron Allen. Mm-hmm. Byron Allen went on there for the first time at age nineteen. He said, "From the next day after being on that show, he goes, I had job offers." Yeah, that was uh, at that time. If you did a stand up on on Carson, you were in. You were in. Ray Romano compared it to skydiving. He goes, "The moment you leave that plane, there's no turning back." He goes, "The moment you walk through that drape for the first time," and then you know, Ray he he did well. His he 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 he, he succeeded that first time on Carson. And he said, "Then he goes, my life was never the same." Well, and then uh, Letterman, um, you know, produced his show. Uh, yeah, everybody loves Raymond. Well, Drew Carey. Uh, there's a great article about him getting bumped three or four times before finally, finally getting, getting on. Getting and then on. He, and he did and, it. He excelled. And, boy, that was just like a life changer for Byron him. Byron Allen uh, now owns uh, television stations. Mm-hmm. He owns the Weather Channel. He says he, he owes it all to Johnny Carson. Yeah. And he uh, just bought uh, KWWL, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Channel 7. So. And there was a couple other comedians that they interviewed. And I, I wasn't familiar with them, but they just said... The moment the one comedian started crying, he says it was the greatest. Other than my children being born, and he goes, "I'm only saying that because you're supposed to say that." He goes, "Being on the Carson show was the greatest day in my life." Yeah, and he says it just enabled me to be able to be a comedian. I just, I, you have instant credibility. Mm-hmm. So, I remember but, seeing Freddie Prince do his. They had, they had, they showed a picture of him. Then they also, do you guys remember a spinoff of a thing called Soul that appeared on public Iowa public television? It was hosted by, it was basically a, of a late show for african-americans oh okay and they ran it on public television it didn't last very long though and i can't the guy who was the host was gay i mean and they had i mean it was it, but it was a very influential show too i'd never heard of it before just called I soul never, s-o-u-l mm-hmm. i never heard i'd of never it. heard of it mm-hmm. but it was on public it was on um public television and um but no it was really interesting i mean i, I like documentaries like that mm-hmm. and i always i mean johnny carson was always in the background. I remember, you know, when you're old enough, 14, 15, you start staying up on Friday night. Yep. You, all, you always knew what time it was when the tonight, oh, it's 1030. Yeah. He was just sort of, you just sort of lived with Johnny Carson. And, and McMahon know. was perfect. And he was perfect for him. It went yeah. from 90 minutes, five days a week, to an hour, five days And then a he week. got Mondays off. And then he got Mondays off, then he got Fridays and Mondays off. And when <laughs> he got Mondays off, he was up front, he goes, I want to be able to play tennis and I want to have a three-day weekend. Yeah. You know, and th- what well, they did was they ran the best of Carson on yes, Mondays. Yes, The best, the best damn part of that uh, show is when McMahon uh, came in and he was drunk. He'd been drinking. And no. Yeah, and he, well, I mean, and Carson's trying to, trying to talk to him. Yeah. yeah, hold it together. And McMahon's just screwed. That would be good to watch. I bet, it is. I bet Johnny handled it well, you too. You could YouTube. Yeah, he did. And you can YouTube it. It's just. And uh, McMahon, uh, when I got. When I interviewed him a number of times. Uh, he. Uh, he and said, couldn't be a nicer guy. He That's could have been nicer. And he always remembered you. That's and good he to remembered know. things. Yes, he had a. The last time he that. was on, my mother interviewed him. <laughs> and he. And. 
he talked about uh, how, you know, uh, Johnny Carson uh, was aloof to everybody but him. He was yeah. really kind to him. Um, and he said he couldn't have worked with a nicer human being. You hear, you know, you hear both sides. Nobody's one way down. Well, the people that were Jerry saying he's Lewis. aloof weren't ripping him. They were yeah. just saying he yeah, was a yeah. very awkward, very... Yeah. Un- Hated parties. He just did not like being in social settings and yeah. did not feel comfortable talking with people. And he didn't have Lewis on. Jerry Lewis wanted on that show yeah. a number of times, <laughs> and he wouldn't have him on because he... Because he was a dick. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> Do you know Doc Severinsen's still kicking? Yeah. In his early nineties. Yeah. But and the reco- Joe and still recording with people. The yeah. Joey Bishop show. They showed a clip of it was Joey Bishop. Dean Martin was the guest, and Dean Martin just got cigarette smoke going everywhere. <laughs> and Dean Martin's like, "Man, he goes, how long's this show? This show is boring. <laughs> and this show's moving along real slow. And Joey Bishop got he did not take it well. Joey was not the nicest. It, it, his show didn't last. But Dean Martin was. I think he must have been a little drunk too. They tried so hard to make him a star, and he just was not up for it. Who, Joey That's Bishop talent. or Dean Martin? No, Joey Bishop. Talent-wise, he just didn't have it. Well, he had that uh, TV show that went was for four absolutely years. absolutely horrible. It was horrible, and they changed the format every Three, year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, I'm just going to say, I'm a big fan of Johnny Carson. I watched the old reruns he had on, but uh, one of my favorites when he'd have the animals on. Oh, there, yeah. You know, every yeah. once in a while, you know, the, the monkey playing, you know. Yeah, well, they talked about. They showed that last night. The the one that peed on his head. They brought that up last (laughs) night. And and always uh, Don Rickles or Tim Conway. That was one of my favorites when he had those on there. But anyway, great. Listen, guys. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. They brought up Don Rickles, and they brought up Tim Conway. They brought up Bob Newhart. He he oh, helped yeah. make all those guys. When, and they did. It was a little meerkat or something that climbed up on his head because yeah. it wants to be on the and it peed on his head. Yeah, and you when, could tell he was a little irritated, but he handled it okay. But I when, went to the San Diego Zoo when I was in. But one my only trip to California went to the San Diego Zoo, and I was just gobstopped when I saw Joan Embry in the monkey cage working, and I, I thought. She's only on the Tonight Show. Yeah. What is she doing? Doing manual labor, and she—that's what she did. That's why she was on the Tonight Show. Yes, they uh, beautiful, by the way, in person as much as she was on camera. Oh, Joan Embry or the monkeys? Joan Embry. Okay, I had not affinity with any monkeys. Monkeys scare me. <laughs> yeah, they do. When he found out that they destroyed his early shows, Carson, that's what prompted him to buy to buy the show. Yes. Because NBC owned the show, mm-hmm. and he said, well, I want to buy it. If I don't get to buy it, goodbye. Because they destroyed all those uh, most of the early episodes. Yeah. That's why he's got a vault in Nebraska, I think. Yeah, it's good buried God, in not, the ground. Not to change yeah. the subject, but I'm watching a video yeah. of a tiger loose on a street in Houston, a guy drawing a gun on it. Ugh. Well, I hope they don't kill it. I hope they don't either, but this is a big tiger. Apparently, there's a tiger loose on my parents' West Houston Street. And this is a really nice... These are mansions, too. And there was. There's just this big tiger that's roaming. And, wow, that's kind of freaky. Tiger. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, you don't want to mess... Oh, well, now the guy's got the gun pointed at the tiger, and the tiger's froze. Looking at him. And now the video ends. Wow, that's wild. That would be... I could not imagine... Conf- you were, you were telling the story about the alligator in front of your car down in Florida. Yeah, it was uh, here. From Can you imagine D- getting up and there's a tiger in front TMZ, of TMZ, whoever let the tiger out and about the streets of Houston this weekend, 
Um, it's a big tiger, too. Almost got the thing killed. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame somebody for... Sh- if this thing's coming out, you got to shoot it. But yeah. it shouldn't be in there. It should be in the... Well... Yeah, it should be in the jungle where it belongs. Yes. You know, I mean... Suppose that owner tells the cop not to shoot it, he'll get the animal, which he did successfully in the end without any bullets. But how can you have a pet tiger? Isn't that against the law? A lot of places. I I don't know about Houston. I mean, that's a big tiger. We're not talking about... Yeah, why in the hell would you... Yeah, they should be roaming... I don't get why you would want a tiger. It's illegal to own exotic pets like this in the city of Houston. It's legal or illegal? Illegal. Okay. But you can't apparently have a tiger in the surrounding unincorporated Harris County. (laughs) But who would want... Assuming you have the right paperwork and a boatload of insurance. And a big yard, I would assume. (laughs) I mean, a tiger could climb over a five-foot fence like it was nothing. My dog used to climb over my fence. I had to put an extension on it. A tiger could eat you. Well, yeah, this is what I don't get. It could turn on you at any point. What's the attraction of having a tiger as a pet? I don't get it. I don't get it. But that video, weird, though. That guy had that gun right in front. I don't yeah. know if that was the owner or not, but he had a gun pointed right at oh, him. Oh, that was, I think that was a... Uh, a scared pedestrian, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that is freaky. See, that's why you can't get rid of guns, Pat, because you never know yeah. when the Well, I'm, you know, I'm not saying get rid of guns. I've never said that. I don't, I think uh, uh, a gun with one or two bullets would, I don't think you need a Gatlin gun to kill that tiger. Right. Or the, but no, I know, I've, I've never been one of those, oh, get rid of guns. I know, I mean. No, I, nor have I. Go play with your guns. Have your yeah. fun. Yeah, I don't think you need 20, you know, uh, 200 rounds. Right. Well, and I, you yeah. know, I don't have a problem with them making it a little more difficult to get guns, but as long as you fit, if, as long as you pass all the tests, more, more power to I'm yeah. just not a gun person. Now you, not, in Texas, now you don't need to, they're passing, a, they're, I don't know that they passed it yet, but they're going to. Pass the law. You don't need uh, permits anymore. And see, I think that's so. Well, I was trying to do the same thing. Yeah, same thing. But no, like the the gun battle. I'm so sick of that battle. I'm just so sick of that argument. I mean, it's been going on for years. Just the same stuff. Yeah. Over and over. I just. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm just so politicsed. I'm so sick of politics right now. Well, there's nothing good about it. No, it's just divisive crap. I'm just, you know, I'm just, yeah. All each side wants to do is own the other. Yeah. And everyone's like, well, we need a war. To br-. I don't think even a war would bring us back together right now. I think we're so divided right now. It's just it's just not good. Yeah, they blame on both sides. <laughs> oh, yeah, without question. Now, I will say that, I mean, we've never had a president as, as divisive as Trump was. I mean, no. that's and his still, personality. That's his brand. Being, really. That's his brand. That's what he does. He thrives yeah. on divisiveness. Yep. And it's just unfortunate where it's taken us. Yes. Now we're going politics. We've been all over the place. Yeah. But, man, we've almost killed. We've, it's 1020. This has been pretty easy today. So you're a, you're a Bear fan. Are you uh, already getting him, in, getting him in the Super Bowl no. this year? <laughs> no. I'm glad they did draft Justin Fields, though. That was a pleasant surprise. Yeah. And hopefully the Bears are bound to have some good luck at quarterback at some point. I mean, I'm still not convinced he's going to be a superstar, but I like the pick. I like the fact they traded up, and they've given the fan base some hope now. Well, listen, if Aaron Rodgers leaves like he says he's going to – and Signs with another team and I, the Bears I'll, beat the Packers. That that'll be I'll that's all it. they need to do. <laughs> I bet I still bet he's back in Green Bay. I I think so too. I don't think they're going to be able to trade someone. I mean, he's the reigning MVP. Aaron Rodgers' problem though is, I mean, yeah, he's great. Don't get me wrong, but he's not much in the playoffs. No, because he he plays hurt during the year and he's never a hundred percent by the time the playoffs. Well, start. but what I'm saying though, he's not as clutch as Tom Brady. No, he's not. No, you're right. About I do that. think maybe he's better all around. He's a better scrambler. I think he's. I mean, he's. 
he would win all the beauty contests from playing the position the mm-hmm. way he plays, but Tom Brady is just more money. He's just rises. Aaron Rodgers has a tendency in big games to flop. And but I don't really care what goes on with Green Bay. I'm not a Green Bay fan. I'm tired of Green Bay destroying the Bears. I think Green <laughs> Bay <laughs> I think Green Bay deserves a little a bit of hardship, but I don't see him I don't see him going anywhere. Yeah, I I'd be really surprised if that happens. Well, I'll be surprised that Green Bay allow would allow that to happen. Yeah. Because they still have a lot of influence in that. But, no, the Bears, like I said, I'm excited to see what Justin Fields can do. They've got some decent defensive players. they got some okay pieces on offense, so now we'll yeah. see. But, but, no, I'm not expecting him to just come right in and just start being a major force, but we'll see. Yeah. We shall see, and it's going to be, you know, it'll be an interesting pro football season because I do think stadiums are going to be at least half full, maybe more. Because things continue to trend in the right direction. Yeah, they really are. Virus-wise. Yep. Here's Chinese zoo criticized (laughs) criticized after keeping leopard escape a secret. (laughs) Three leopards escape. Are they ever are they ever forthright about anything, China? They they said they didn't want to alarm people. Just like Trump and the virus. Yeah, they don't want to scare people that there's three leopards <laughs> loose in the city. The problem is by the time you find out it's too late, you'll be killed. Right. You'll be lunch. Well, they got two of them back. One of them's still out there. And I feel sorry for the animals because you know the animals don't want to be in those situations. No, no they're not used to it. And that that tiger's walking around on all these paved, <laughs> manicured streets in Houston. Yeah. They don't yeah. want to be there. <laughs> And he looked, he looked kind of spooked. You know, he was kind of leaning, crouched over. He just, he, he or she looked like she... Not or, in the right environment. They, they just were not happy. Yeah. And the guy with the gun drawn, I mean, the guy's thinking, Jesus, thank you. No, and you're right. In that situation, thank God you have a gun. Yeah. I mean, really, I mean, it's the only thing that can save you. But the tiger did not attack the guy. Yeah. So you found that on TMZ right away? What? The tiger, the, the loose tiger, tiger in Houston? Yeah, I just... So uh, it's a development. I just Googled the loose tiger and, in Houston. And they did, they, they've captured it? And they it's have back? captured it. Okay, good. It doesn't sound like anyone got hurt. Yeah. So... No, the tiger didn't get hurt. And so... But yeah, that's just, I mean, I, the, I've never understood the exotic animal. I understand the attraction, but if you don't have the right place to have one, well, why what, have one? I don't even understand. You know, get a cat around. Well, I don't dog. understand the attraction to an animal that at any second could just turn and kill you. You know, like people <laughs> keep monkeys. I don't get and it. And then remember that woman that kept the monkey, and then the monkey, for some reason, ripped her face off? Yes, I do remember that, yeah. You know. Yeah, monkeys are strong. They're tough. They have big yeah. claws and teeth. And, and they've got... They've got human temperament, and some of them aren't right. Some are monkeys. Monkeys yeah. having a bad day. <laughs> yeah, so it's gonna rip your face. You see, night at the museum for God's sakes. <laughs> but you always you read about these stories. Oh, he had this. They loved this. This bear was just part of their family until it ate half of it. You know, you just never know what's gonna trigger. They're wild animals. Well, wasn't there a, a, a bear handler or bear photographer who, yeah, twenty years was doing it, no problem, and then got mauled. They got mauled. It yeah. just takes one time. That's right. Well, when uh, we did a remote on KFMH years ago, and uh, held out a uh, one of our disc jockeys held out a, a pack of cigarettes, and the monkey took the cigarette out and got and put it in its mouth like. It knew how to smoke. A month later, it's like in a gutter drinking and <laughs> with a syringe in its arm. Just downward spiral. <laughs> Started with a cigarette. Bottle of nitrate alongside. Why do they naturally know how to smoke? Well, they, they, they observe. Yeah, they saw people doing it, evidently. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hello. 
Hello. KCJJ? Yes. Yeah. Um, I have a tire story. Okay. Um, back in the early 60s here in Iowa City, the circus was here, and uh, my dad was a police officer working the 11 to 7 shift. And as the circus was um, closing up to leave town, the tiger got loose. Oh, jeez. And uh, it was in that time, the um, fairgrounds were down like on Gilbert Court in that area. Believe it or not, it was a big, empty area. And so they got a call uh, into the police station, the circus did, that they had a tiger loose, and that, uh, but not to be overly concerned because it was a tame tiger, had no teeth or claws. So it came across the radio. And my dad said, well, he's thinking, sure glad that um, I'm on this side of town. And sure enough, he went around the corner, and there's the tiger. <laughs> and, and this is like in the middle of the night. And so they were able to communicate with the circus. The circus said, well, just open up your back door of the squad car. It'll get in. <laughs> and, and, and my dad was a rookie cop, so he, he didn't know a lot better, I guess. So he did, and sure enough, the tiger got in the back of the squad car. He drove it down to the uh, jail downtown, the uh, police station. And I have a picture of him wrestling that tiger into the jail cell. Oh, my God. Oh, my it, Lord. Wow, what a it, it story. Was, it was not a large tiger, but he, It was a tiger. <laughs> his whole story about it, he felt so bad, the tiger, because it had no teeth and it had no claws. Why did it have no teeth or claws? I don't know. Um, that just sounds awful. But it was, and then, of course, the circus, whoever it was, came back and, then, and got the tiger out of the jail cell. Now, I still have the picture of That's it. That's a cool of, story. Of my dad wrestling this tiger in the jail oh, cell. Oh, thanks for sharing that. That is neat. Yeah, yeah. And thankfully thanks, nobody got hurt. And thankfully nobody got hurt. Yes, that's right. That's All right, right, thanks. Bye now. I, I've never been a big fan of circuses, and that's why. Yeah. You know, we had a zoo in Muscatine. Uh, Weed Park Zoo, and it was on a freaking hill, which just always bothered me about the animals were were on a on a hill mm-hmm. overlooking uh, Highway 22. We had, uh, and we lived in the park, had a house in the park, and uh, this lion was, I think the lion was in its 30s or so, and it had a terrible cough. It would wake you up. <laughs> It was just an old lion. Lion with bronchitis. <laughs> yeah, the, the, I went down there once to see, to see what was going on with them, and uh, the guy that handled the zoo took me down and said, "This lion's the greatest lion," mm-hmm. and let me pet the lion. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, the lion was like a dog, yeah, with a cough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I've just I don't know the like the way that they keep elephants in circus. I mean, it's yeah. just, it's just... I, well, they don't anymore. Well, no, no, but they did. I yeah. just was never. Yeah, I just was never into that. I felt I, bad for him. I can't even watch those ALPCA commercials. Whenever they come on, I have to change it. Oh, and I'm not yeah. running from it because I pay. I spent. I spent a lot of money on animal fighting, animal cruelty. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I just can't take those commercials. Yeah, they are. They're, they just. They just bug me. They yeah. just drive me nuts seeing the, the these dogs being tortured in yes. these little cages and stuff like yes. that. I just can't. They show horses that look like they haven't eaten in six months. It's yeah. just terrible. Yeah. And it just really tugs at my heart. We sure. need, we do need a, we talked about it earlier. We need to uh, make it a felony here, animal abuse. I agree. I need, I think we do need stricter 
laws. And I do think people can be rehabbed. I mean, I'm not a Michael Vick fan, but I do think, I don't think Michael Vick will ever torture a dog again. I think he's learned his lesson and I think he's made the most out of it. But man, I mean, the way that they devalued dogs back then, it was, they just treated them like they were nothing. I'll never forgive them. Oh, I'll never forgive him. What I'm saying, though, is I'm not saying he should be ostracized from society for the rest of his And he's not. I mean, I think Fox has him on as a commentator. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I'll never forgive what they did. I mean, they just no. they just looked at dogs in a completely different way than I do. I mean, I, you know, now, granted, I'll admit I'm a little... little he electrocuted his own... Well, they drown him, too. Yeah. yeah. And I, just, I, mean, I used to feel bad if I stepped on my dog's foot. <laughs> and right. dogs know it, too. Dogs know when they have you, too. My... Australian Shepherd ran my life. I mean, he. Knew, <laughs> I mean, and my Australian Shepherd was the kind of dog where if I had six or seven people over at my house, and we're standing there, next thing you know, we're all standing in the corner because this thing would somehow get us to go. That's what they hurt did. You. They he hurt you. Hurt you. <laughs> and we, I remember a couple of times we're like, "Why are we doing?" And my my niece was living with me at the time, and she <laughs> yeah. points down because I him and I look. There's but he kind of had got us all into this corner, <laughs> and that's just they did. And it was just amazing what they did. But <laughs> man, funny. dogs are great. They are. I mean, they really are. I mean, they're just, they're, they're just, um, they showed, I, did you ever see the Dodo on Twitter? Uh-huh. They did this one, this yeah. guy adopted this 12-year-old dog. That's yeah, that's so great. It was so cool. And it went from being where it looked like it was dying, just from getting a new home. It, it's okay. It's not going to live much longer, but unlike my dog, Lakota, at the end, Lakota couldn't use his back legs. This dog just needed some pep and needed some reason yeah. to live, and now they show it running around in the yeah, yard. I love stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, me I, too. I love, I can watch the Dodo all day because it's just really inspiring stories. Yep. I mean, it's just really neat. We need more of that, not to sound corny. Well, join us in a couple of days for another edition of Animal Stories. <laughs> oh, I love animal stories. I mean, Larry Lujak and Uncle Tommy, Little Tommy. Hello. Good morning, Captain Steve, Pat Hardy, and speaking of animals, <laughs> yep. Jim Hunter. There you go. The show without it. Let's, let's ride this wave. All right. Let's ride this food wave. Are you riding the wave, Captain? <laughs> sure, I am. This is the best call ever, isn't it? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Here, wait. Let's let's yep. let's nobody say yep. anything for five seconds. <laughs> See, that's what I like. I, wow, I, nothing but silence. I, I mean, you yeah. could sell that. You should People try to sell that silence, Captain. The moment of silence. You know, the, who's I know the a ba- lot of people that would pay for that. <laughs> Simon and Garfunkel? Didn't they, Sounds of sound silence. Sound of silence? Sounds what do you think? Silence. I didn't like that song. Depressing. Depressing A little song. bit, yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what are we eating? Hello, darkness. Well, My today, old friend. Well, today, for the Iowa City Schools, they'll be having mini chicken corn dogs. Yeah. Penny buttered garlic. What? Tri-tater, cherry tomatoes, and mixed fruit. Okay. I like the mini chicken corn dogs. Yeah, yeah not, that's not no. really, I'm not embracing corn that. Dog. No. no. Corn dogs Those should be made out of pork. Not I agree. With Catholic school, breaded chicken sandwich, steamed peas, Why are and the peas mad? <laughs> Burlington, Iowa Elementary, a fiestata <laughs> with seasoned potato cubes, garden salad, and an orange that's Burlington Elementary. Now, Burlington Iowa Middle School is my daughter would be having a fiestata. Somebody Seasoned potato cubes, <laughs> garden salad, Great song and an orange. Nelson. In Burlington High School and Burlington Oregon, Nike is a fiestata. Seasoned potato cubes, garden salad, 
in Orange, and that's a lunch menu. Right. Fox Fanatics on the Mighty 1630. <laughs> KCJJ. Thank you, with an emphasis on the plural. Wasn't that a great song, though, by Garden Went to Salad? A garden Salad. Ricky yeah. Nelson. Wasn't that his song? Garden Salad. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think Suter's doing right now? <laughs> oh, he's, he's into it already. Oh, he's drinking now. <laughs> Captain, oh, yeah. don't even try to... Uh, you, you know he is. <laughs> you know he is. It's it's what it's... Yeah, um, it's 11.30. It's 11.30 there. My guess is they're probably exhaling right now. They've done the morning <laughs> session. They're going to go lay on the beach for a while. Hello. They'll take a nap. They'll regroup. Okay. What was that? That's, the That's that guy again? Yeah. Jesus. Obviously, it doesn't work. <laughs> Who well, would hire him? <laughs> but you're dealing with this after you get off the air, right? Yes. You're three, fighting one, fire with fire. 3198. <laughs> I've got the number. Shooter can get I'll that get, number on Caker's board. The, I'll get, get the carrier. Um, we'll, we'll have, yeah. Get Shooter to put that number on Caker's board. They'll they'll attack. Yeah. <laughs> it helps. Especially if you told him it was something to do with me, even though I'll it's not. I'll just say. Uh, uh, show your support for Gary Barta and call this number. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's called. I didn't realize this was going on. I mean, he's called at least three or four times during yeah. this. Uh, he's just, That's just kind of pathetic. Yeah, yeah. One guy, somebody that knows him says, he's got mental issues and uh, if you gave him a bell or you, you, know, you hit the, you know, whatever, he'll... That's all he's going for, but well, like we Ernest, tried that. He's we, like Ernest T. Bass. Yeah, I mean, we it, tried that, and it doesn't work. He's got yeah. mental issues, obviously. So does he call in like when we have guests? Uh, when we have guests, I screen. Okay, that's what I figured. It's like, you know, we're going to have Rick on yeah. at 9 o'clock. Last thing we need is this clown. No, no I'm not, that's not going to no, happen. I screen everybody. <laughs> well, well, pretty much what you have to do. So, Yeah. Um, all right, I'm trying to think if we've covered everything there like i said there's not there's a lot going on with iowa hawkeye sports right now but there's really not a lot going on i mean right I mean, when you don't have football and men's basketball and women's basketball and wrestling that but like i said but i remember many springs we'd be in this situation where the baseball team was yeah everything was done or, or the baseball team was completely out of it yeah. and and but no now i mean there's a lot going on right now because like i said i mean the track i mean well, I'm thinking maybe maybe I can think about having Joey on too if they have time. Maybe have um, Joey on Wednesday too, along with Rick. I'll see. I'll see. We're definitely having Rick on at nine. I figure we'll have Rick on for twenty minutes. Have we? Don't, I don't want to take him much longer than that. Sure. And but um, but no. There's a. I'm I'm really excited to see what Iowa does in the outdoor track. I like I said, this team's better suited to win outdoors, and they already won indoors. So, mm-hmm. but there's also expectations now and that change yeah. there's the burden of expectations and sometimes that can apply some pressure but no there's just a lot going on right now and and the weather's finally getting better yeah and we got concerts getting ready to start again yes. i've been looking online the bands are coming back yes i think roger waters is going to be performing here. <laughs> i got a feeling roger waters is going to come somewhere nearby he's no order. longer listed as a music venue <laughs> <laughs> what is he now just a carnival barker <laughs> Without the megaphone. <laughs> but Genesis is going to launch a tour. Are the, yeah. Aren't the Stones going to tour again? Uh, maybe. Uh, but the, the Genesis is launching their tour this fall in Chicago. Yeah, and who else? A couple other. I've read a couple other big bands. Are, aren't the Foo Fighters going to? Yep. Be? Foo Fighters are going to be. Uh, and uh, the country artists are back out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's starting to come back. Yeah, because we've gone a long time without concerts. 
we've gone without, a long time without anything. Yeah, but yeah. no, we're yeah, things are finally starting. Things are finally Get starting. Get the freaking vaccine. Well, all of us have. Has uh, everyone here had two shots? Yes. Yep. All your salespeople. Yep. And, yes. And everyone. So yeah, and, we're all good. But yeah, no, I got mine Saturday, and basically it was just a matter of just walk in. I mean, it's it's so the vaccine is so available, right? It's everywhere. Yes. It's everywhere. Yeah. And there's now nobody's the any farther than five miles from it. Yeah, you don't, and it's your business if you want to take it or not. Yeah. But I mean, um, I don't know why you wouldn't. It's free and it does work. Vaccines work. Nobody's got walking around with polio. Yeah, or not walking well, around with you polio. Don't listen to Fox. How many people have died from this vaccine? Yeah, I, I saw wonder. Tucker Carlson saying yeah. that yeah. up to thirty days, people are dying mysteriously. No, I don't think not. that's true. No, it's not no, true. it's not true. And even the even I'll give it to Fox this time. Even their most uh, uh, trumpet, uh, you know, prone, uh, you know, commentators are saying he should never have said that because it isn't true. Even Hannity said that's not true at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, you know. But no, I feel better now. Um, I'll still wear my mask because. Yeah, I sure. do too. Until they tell us not to. And. and Fauci's saying you can relax, uh, you know, where you can, you don't need it outdoors and you probably can relax um, it indoors. I mean, that, that's what he just came out and said. Well, technically, I probably didn't need it today because we've all been double vaccinated. So sure. we're all, I, because I guess. Because if anything, you're preventing us from getting it from you because you, you're not fully mm-hmm. in because you just had your shot on Saturday. It takes, what, a week or two? Yeah, and even saying? if we get it, I mean, you're still, you know, people get the flu shot, sure. still get the flu. Even if we get it, we're not going to end up hospitalized. No, I think, the wor- I think we're through the worst yeah. is too. what I'll say at least. Now, what's going on with India? It's a, it's horrible. Well, now I mean, they're getting something called black fungus disease in their lungs. Here's the problem with it. You know, what's going on is they had it taken care of, Marvin, Marvin uh, and they got complacent. They had it taken care of real early, and they got complacent, and the government didn't do anything. Uh, and f- in fact, the government encouraged it by having gigantic political rallies, rallies yeah. and allowing religious uh, rallies. And they don't, you know, they don't have TV over there like we do. Uh, you know, so they uh, just basically uh, let her rip with with the, and people are bored and they, they, now I they're mean, paying a hundred thousand people show up for these damn events they have there, and that's what happened. And, you know, but their numbers are still really high, aren't they? Yeah, they, terrible high. And it's, some of the crematoriums were saying they're the numbers aren't being counted correctly. They're, they're yeah. under under counting. Mm. No, it's it's real bad. I yeah. will say, I mean, we've done as a country, we've done pretty good over the last yeah year in yep. battling this thing. Yep. So so yeah, yeah, it's real bad. And I think sports this fall is going to benefit from that. Like I said, I think that things are going to be close to normal this fall, mm-hmm. hopefully. So. But man, this fall is not that far away. We're almost no, half, we're almost halfway through. What's today? May tenth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, man. we still got a summer. Yeah, we got. Um, I mean, um, Suter gets back in July. By then, we'll um, um, be even closer to football. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well. Has he called in at all during any of your live shows? Uh, yes, he said he saw a tiger last week. In his, <laughs> he in saw his three condo. of them. He saw three tigers in his condo. And he believed the one in the middle to be true because <laughs> that's what you tell somebody under the influence. You're looking at three, just touch the one in the middle. Okay. Are we done? Yeah, let's wrap up. Hawk Fanatic, check it out. It's free. And like I said, we'll have Rick Heller on Monday or Wednesday at 9, and I'll look work on some other guests too. All right.